One of the things that's been consistently coming up lately in my various feeds, in addition to get uncomfortable, which is my new mantra, and it's coming up a lot in my feeds, is that we need to be thinking about risks, obstacles, and challenges, not just the beautiful end goals. We've all seen the rosy picture, whether it's our successful product or the company making its sales quota every quarter, presented as the plan or the strategy. And we all kind of feel the same about that, I think. It's not enough just to paint the beautiful picture, because we all know that this awesome future doesn't come without a fight. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode 113 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. You can find notes for this episode and links to the resources, books, and previous podcast episodes I mentioned at secretsofpm.com slash 113. In this episode, risks, challenges, and obstacles, why they're so important for product managers to pay attention to, and how to manage them. Now, in this podcast over the years, I've talked a lot about problems, which underlie storytelling, product management, market discovery, and selling. Well, risks, challenges, and obstacles form another through line on this podcast. For example, what makes a story interesting? I talk about storytelling all the time. Well, there's three components to a good story. One is a problem we're solving. One is the meaningful transformation when the problem is solved at the end of the story. But a big part of the story is the difficult and arduous journey to find and activate the solution. That is, navigating through obstacles and difficulties and overcoming risks. And there we are. There's that list of things again. A good story has a compelling and suspenseful middle, and what makes it suspenseful is the challenges and roadblocks the protagonist must navigate or overcome. So think of any blockbuster movie. The majority of the movie is taken up in the search for, or the fight for, or the harrowing journey to the solution to the problem we're solving. And this is true of any good dramatic story, and it's also true of our customer success stories. What makes a good customer success story is not that they found our solution, but all the times they failed before they found our solution. That is, all the setbacks and obstacles. It's part of what makes the results meaningful. The customer knows that a working solution is not simple to get, and so they are grateful that our product saved them in the end. But this isn't the only place obstacles and roadblocks appear. I have an episode called How to Make Your Business Presentation 10 Times Better in About an Hour. Now, in many presentations, you're trying to persuade people to agree with the course of action you are proposing. One of the most important techniques to make such a presentation successful is to provide the audience with an understanding of the obstacles, risks, and roadblocks on the way to the promised land that you're proposing, and of course, how you'll address them. They know every journey worth taking has obstacles, risks, and roadblocks. Only by solving those can you achieve the goals of the journey. Your audience knows this subconsciously if you don't explicitly give them assurance that you will be handling all of these challenges, they're going to assume you don't know what you're talking about. Now, of course, another important time to think about risks, challenges, and roadblocks is when selling. This time, the risks, the ones your prospect perceives about buying your product, are creating the roadblocks. The risk that it won't actually work to solve their problem, or the risk that the cost of implementing your product, the cost of change, will be too high for it to be worth buying, or the risk that Spending money on this problem will mean another more important problem will go unsolved. That's an opportunity cost. Only by reducing the prospect's perception of those risks, whether through stories and testimonials or demos or trials or via persuasion, can you move the prospect along the sales funnel to get to the purchase. So that's three sets of risks, obstacles, and roadblocks 
that come up commonly in topics we cover on the Secrets of Product Management podcast. Why am I telling you all this? Really for two reasons. Partly, there's another fourth set of obstacles, risks, and challenges that I just came up with, which I'll talk about in a minute. But before that, an observation. When I notice there are commonalities across the different parts of product management, in this case, persuasion, customer storytelling, and selling, I feel there must be a mental model we need to start considering. Now, in this case, the mental model is basically what I'm talking about in this episode, that we need to always be thinking about risks, challenges, and roadblocks. There are components of all these different things we do, market discovery, selling, persuasion, storytelling, and you're about to hear strategy. And if they're important to us, the product manager, they're also important to our customers and to our prospects and to our stakeholders. So it's always worth asking in nearly any situation, what are the risks? What are the obstacles and roadblocks to your success? What are your challenges? Whether you're asking people internally, whether you're asking prospects, whether you're asking customers. So let me get on to the fourth place where risks, challenges, and obstacles appear. This is a little bit of a new one to me. I should say they should appear, but they often don't. They tend to get short shrift, as you'll see, and this is in the area of strategy. So let me start with an example. Here's the strategy statement from General Motors about their strategy up to 2030. It's an excerpt from a longer thing. Simply stated, we are at an inflection point in which we expect revenue to double by 2030 while also expanding our margins. We will achieve this by growing our core business of designing, building, and selling world-class internal combustion engine, electric, and autonomous vehicles, growing software and services with high margins, and entering and commercializing new businesses. What is wrong with this? Well, first of all, isn't this everyone's strategy? Isn't it just business as usual? How is this different from any of the other big automobile manufacturers? That quote from Paul Jacobson, who's an executive vice president and the chief financial officer of GM, is actually a bunch of aggressive goals or objectives. It's not a strategy. It's hopes and dreams. What's missing? Any idea of how they will achieve those goals. Any observation about how the world will be working against them achieving those goals. Now, thanks to the book, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Rummelt, which I'll put a link to in the show notes, I now have a much better understanding of what makes a good strategy. And like a great story or a great presentation, the hallmark of a great strategy is that it acknowledges the challenges and risks of achieving the desired goals and explicitly provides guidance for how those challenges and risks will be addressed. That is, a strategy isn't just some desirable objectives, which is what we unfortunately see all too often when we're presented with a strategy. A strategy is how you're going to achieve the objectives despite the obstacles and challenges in front of you. We will grow market share by 10% is not a strategy. We will grow market share by 10% by focusing on winning 20% more often against our nearest competitor in head-to-head engagements. We will do this with a better sales talk track, improve positioning on a handful of features to equalize and then beat the competitor's offering is a strategy. It states an objective. It implies the challenge to meeting that objective, which is the competitor who we keep losing to, and the steps we will take to address the challenge. Improve sales talk track, improve the positioning, add features. So, summarizing this relatively short episode, risks, obstacles, and challenges are fundamental components of nearly everything we do as product managers. It's important that we acknowledge the risks, obstacles, and challenges in all of these situations, and that we communicate how we're going to overcome and or mitigate them. That makes us both more trustworthy and easier to follow in terms of getting people to do what we want.
In particular, a good strategy is not just what you're trying to do, it's also why and how you're doing it. So here's three things you can start doing today to put these ideas into practice. First of all, the bottom line, acknowledge the risks, obstacles, and challenges, whatever it is you're doing. It doesn't make you appear weak, which I think many people fear about acknowledging potential problems. In fact, it makes you much more likely to be able to actually deal with the risks. It makes you more trustworthy, and it makes people more likely to follow you because they think you probably know the realities of things. Now, whether this is a sales process or setting a strategy or selling a proposal to your executive leadership team, it applies in all those cases. Then, having acknowledged the risks, obstacles, and challenges, paint a picture of how you will be overcoming and mitigating them. Really, steps one and two go together. You, can, you need to acknowledge them, and then you need to talk about how you're going to address them. Now, I talked in episode 110 about strategy and how if you don't have a strategy from the top, often you have to build up the strategy from the bottom by inference. Now, in this process, taking this new concept into account, make sure to include the risks, obstacles, and challenges this inferred strategy is addressing. Because again, there's a reason you're doing everything, even if nobody's articulated it, and that reason must include things like we're trying to address this obstacle, this challenge. And so you want to try to infer those things as well. A good mental exercise is to try to articulate your company's actual strategy based on its actions. And often, that's the only way to get a hold of the company's actual strategy. So this has been episode 113 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. A little bit of a bite-sized episode today, but I hope you enjoyed it and can apply the ideas right away. For show notes, including links to the Good Strategy, Bad Strategy book and the podcast episodes I mentioned, check out secretsofpm.com slash 113. Please like, rate, and review the podcast and or episode if you can. It helps the podcast grow. I would love it if every product manager were listening every week. I know from the data that they are not. So there's a lot of opportunity for growth there with your help sharing the word. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.